0: Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Welcome to the Fiqh segment. We welcome one and all and hope you're having a lovely day today, Alhamdulillah. Dear respected listeners, Alhamdulillah, over the past few weeks we've focused on quite a bit, Alhamdulillah, quite a bit has been covered with regard to Najaset and with regard to relieving oneself and now we move forward most of the fiqh kitabs work in this fashion where it goes from one step to the next step and before we continue with the actual wudu now because we spoke about relieving oneself etc before we actually get to uh, cleansing oneself and making wudu perhaps just a few minutes we can spend on uh, removal of Najasat on our clothing etc I know that this is something that perhaps happens a lot and uh, maybe we are unsure of how exactly that should be cleaned or when will it be deemed to be uh, pure and park so if the Najasat is a type of Najasat which is Najasat mar'iya that Najasat which can be seen for example blood and um, uh, species or our stool itself uh, this najasat can be removed by washing and obviously it must be washed at least one time or even more than this also as long as uh, we feel that now the thobe or the clothes itself is packed now sometimes blood stains etc are such that it cannot um, be removed the the stain itself However, the effect of that najasat, in this case, which is that blood, uh, the effect of that is gone, uh, but maybe the stain itself is not removed completely, this will be fine as long as a person has washed it to the best of his ability, even though there might be a stain that remains after washing. Uh, when it comes to something like najasat the ghair mar'iya, then najasad aghayr mariya is that najasat which cannot be seen now if that najasad cannot be seen for example urine when it dries but a person knows that there was urine then he should try and wash it three times and he should squeeze it after every wash um, and every time he washes should be put fresh water other ulama have given um, uh, a little bit of leeway with regard to this in a sense that if a person has to put the clothes into a washing machine then the cycle in the washing machine will be deemed to be to to be enough for the removal of the najasat of this clothes, and in this way, uh, the najasat will be removed. Um, this najasat, when it is being removed from the body or the clothes, this is najasat the ghair mariya in the sense of najasat the which falls under true najasat, then. Uh, it should be a, per- a person should use whatever is necessary to remove this from the clothes and from the body Whatever will help in the removal of the najasat should be used in the olden days. They would use a uh, rose water Etc or vinegar to remove the najasat the effect of the najasat on the body or the clothes here too uh, we can use these very same things, like rose water and vinegar, and we also have quite a few other substances that are available, and other chemicals that are available today on the market that can be used for the removal of all this impurity. A person, it is not uh, against Islam for a person to use these chemicals and and these type of um, substances in order to remove the najasat from his body and clothes, like soaps and. Washing powders, etc. These are fine. A person can use this together in the washing machine. And by means of washing it like this with detergents, then the body and the clothes will be parked. Remember that our clothes must be parked in order for us to uh, be able to offer our ibadat, for us to be able to offer our salah. One of the conditions of salah is that there must be no najasat on the body itself or on the clothes for that matter one more masala and that is with regard to uh, sperm that if sperm has to get onto the clothes or the body then here also it needs to be washed off the body needs to be washed and the clothes need to be washed as well so by the washing of the clothes whether by hand or in the washing machine uh, with detergents etc then the clothes and the body will become park by means of this washing if it dries for example and it can and, and even though you cannot be seen it must still be washed because that clothes will be deemed to be napak until it is washed so that is therefore we should uh, be very careful and try and use a sheet etc when we are having relations so that this najasat uh, or this sperm does not um, soil our bed sheets and our cloths, etc etc we should try and be very careful with regard to this. Um, Moving on now, inshallah, from here, as we mentioned last week, with regard to the different waters that can be used for the making of wudu, we discussed that rainwater, well water, spring sea or river water, uh, water uh, from melting snow, and all of these different types of waters from from the tap, obviously, can be used for making wudu and the wudu will not be or ghusl for that matter will not be allowed with uh, following water that is all impure water Uh, water that has changed its color taste and smell Uh, water in which something najis has fallen that is something impure has fallen for example urine blood stool or wine Um, The used and left over water of wudu and ghusl and um similarly the water which a cat drinks immediately after eating a rat or a mouse this will not be permissible to make wudu Uh, the water that will be permissible as we mentioned rain water well water spring sea or rubber water and tap water of course Uh, what will necessitate a wudu before we actually go into the wudu itself A person needs to know that what will necessitate wudu what will when will he need to make or she need to make wudu so when it comes to the nawakid of wudu or those things that nullify or invalidate or break the wudu they are called the breakers of wudu the nawakid of wudu and these are the discharging of urine, stool, or coming out of anything from the private parts. If any discharge from the private parts, urine, stool, or anything else for that matter, it might be wadi, it might be some because of some sort of illness, etc., then this will break the wudu. The second thing that will break wudu is the discharging of gases. If a person passes wind, then this will break the wudu. Vomiting a mouthful. Number three, vomiting a mouthful. That means if a person vomits and he vomits a little bit, this will not break his wudu. But if he vomits a mouthful, this will break his wudu. To fall asleep lying down or by resting the body against something. So if a person is lying down and he falls asleep, or he is resting against a wall or a pillow or anything of that sort and he falls asleep, and he goes into such a sleep now where the, the limbs of the body become limp. The limbs of the body become limp. Then this will nullify the wudu. It will break the wudu. If a person is just sitting on his own and he is not, not leaning against anything per se, then this will not necessarily break the wudu unless um, obviously he passes wind or something of that sort in this condition. Um, a person might be in a position where and generally this happens when a person is lying down or leaning against something that the body becomes loose and when the body becomes loose that is when the possibility of passing wind etc becomes uh, highly likely and in that way a person is not sure that while you are sleeping or not his wudu might have broken and that is why the wudu in itself breaks. So wudu is, will be broken if a person falls asleep lying down against something um, or lying, lying down or, or leaning against something and falling asleep. If a person faints, then, then too his wudu will break. If a person faints, then too his wudu will break due to some illness or any other reason. If a person becomes insane or goes mad, then he will become, his wudu will break. Person whilst reading salah, if he laughs aloud. If a person whilst reading salah, if he laughs aloud. Now a person might think that what con- what connection does this have with wudu itself? Say if a person has to, uh, is reading salah and he smiles, his salah will not break. If he laughs slow, uh, softly, like a giggle, then his namaz will break. But when a person laughs loudly in Salah, then his namaz will break and his wudu will break together with it. This is a masla, and this is according to the Ahnaf. Uh, And lastly, the flowing of blood or matter, that is the flowing of blood or pus from any part of the body will nullify and will break the wudu. What is the hukam and the ruling of wudu in Islam? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned the Quran Karim Ya Ayyuhaladina Amanu Ida That you who believe when you stand for Salah then you should wash your face, you should wash your hands, including your elbows, make masah of your head, and wash your feet, including the ankles. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned this in the Quran al Kareem. Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has mentioned in the ahadith La that a person's salah will not be accepted if they are in a state. Of Hadith, that means if they are state or in a state of minor impurity, Hadith Azgar is referred here until they make wudu. So we can see, and this is narrated in Bukhari Sharif and Muslim Sharif as well, we can see that the hukum of wudu is important because without this wudu, a person may not touch the Quran, a person cannot uh, read his salah, and many other ibadat itself cannot be carried out without this wudu. Uh, being carried out inshallah in next week we will go through the actual uh, wudu the niyat that needs to be made uh, the intention for wudu the duas before commencing the wudu etc will be discussed inshallah Uh, for now we need to understand that wudu is an important important aspect and it is the key to salah it is, as it has been mentioned that wudu is the key to salah and salah is the key to jannah so wudu is very very important uh, iman, cleanliness is half of iman so with this in mind inshallah in the coming weeks we will discuss wudu in detail may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept our efforts may Allah subhanahu wa taala make it easy for all to understand. Jazakallah for tuning in, and until next week. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.